The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are only those of the participants and not necessarily those of Village Presbyterian Church or the PCUSA. Welcome to Millennial Ministries, the podcast for young adults for Village Presbyterian Church. With me are the usual suspects, Trenton. Hey. Hallie. Hello. Today, our special guest is the Reverend Dr. Roger Nishioka. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Now, my first question was, which I asked Tom, do you prefer Reverend Dr. Nishioka? How do you like to be? I really just prefer Roger. Just Roger? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, Hallie, we're here talking about the Confessions as our Young Adults series. Yes, we're talking about Confessions, and so we're inviting some of our um, pastors on our staff, some of our friends, to come and talk about Confessions with us, and to do a little confessing. Ooh, that sounds ominous. I just heard myself say it. Confession um, session. <laughs> so we're getting to know uh, we're getting to know Roger a little bit tonight. Um, and Roger, let us know. Roger and I started here at about the same time. We did about three and a half years ago. We did. Um, Roger, where'd you come from? So before I came to Village Church, I was serving as a professor in Christian education and practical theology at Columbia Theological Seminary in Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. So the question that everyone has asked you and that you have answered, and yet we want to hear your answer again. So Roger's a Presbyterian celebrity, just so you know. That's a really, really small pool of people. (laughs) What was it that called you out of academia to to be in a congregational Mm -hmm. context? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, I've been asked that question uh, quite a bit. So I was tenured and held an endowed chair, which means that a lovely family called the Benton family gave a lot of money to support my scholarship as a professor at Columbia Seminary. And left that to come to a congregation, uh, unlike any other village's unique in a variety of ways, um, but to the Midwest, a place I really had not spent much time and didn't ever envision myself being a Midwesterner. Um, a short answer is, I think that it's the Holy Spirit's work. Uh, for years, when I would tell students who were looking for a call as they were finishing up their master's in divinity degree, and they're trying to discern where the Holy Spirit was calling them, I would say, you know, unless you really are sure that there's not a possibility, you're not going to go serve in that place, then be open to the Spirit and just go have a conversation because you'll learn more about yourself. Those with whom you are in conversation, they will learn about themselves. And by the grace of God, somehow you'll hear a sense of call. And so when invitation came just to have a conversation here, I said, golly, it's time to take one's own advice and was privileged to be in conversation here. And are you as mad about the weather patterns as I am? <laughs> so the first the first Sunday, I don't think it was the first Sunday we were in worship, but you and I are sitting together in the chancel here at Village Church. It was Palm Sunday in April, and it was snowing, and the Reverend Hoddle, Hallie, nudged me. I was sitting next to her. Both of us were leading liturgy, and she said, look out the window. And we looked, and there were these huge 
flakes of snow coming down in the middle of April on Palm Sunday. And Hallie said, did they tell you this is going to be done like this? And I said, no. Did they tell you? Hallie, of course, came from Miami. And Hallie, you said no. Um, And then you said, which was, this was brilliant. You said, look out at the congregation. And we, I looked out and the thing that was oddest to us was nobody was reacting like this was weird. And that's when I knew I was in a different land. (laughs) And that's why Roger and I can't sit next to each other and worship anymore. Cannot. (laughs) Yeah. As the, um, I guess yeah. You you grew up in Texas, right? I did. So you you didn't you didn't experience the full blast of Midwest weather, right? No, I, I had a little experience in Northeast at New Haven, but it was moderated by the by the water being right there. Mm. And um, when I came here, oh my god, that just mm. snow happens. So it's especially weird, Roger, for you because you came from Atlanta. You did not grow up in Atlanta. Uh, tell us more about your family of origin mm. and how it is you ended up in the Presbyterian Church. So I was born and raised in Honolulu, uh, the second son of a United Church of Christ pastor. And then when I was 11, dad was called from the Makiki Christian Church in downtown Honolulu to Seattle and to serve the Japanese Presbyterian Church. And that's the first time we left Honolulu for us. And it was a shock. I remember that we were surprised that it was so cool that the sun didn't shine every day the way it does in Hawaii. And I remember being surprised that the ethnicity of the United States was not what we knew. Uh, in Hawaii, uh, it's 65% Asian Polynesian. This kind of a face uh, was not at all unusual. But to go to Seattle and suddenly realize that there were so many Anglos, so many white folks, in fact, they were the majority, it was a shock to us. Uh, so that was a surprise. But that's where it became, if you will, Presbyterian and uh, and have claimed that. Uh, I love the theology and the practices of the Presbyterian Church for a variety of reasons. What I value the most about the practices is this idea that we are governed by elders, both lay people and clergy, together, evenly. That really is, in Christendom, that's a pretty remarkable idea. And we don't always live it out as best we could, but I think just the concept that the priesthood of all believers really is something that is embodied when there are equal numbers of lay people and clergy together making decisions. I think that's pretty astounding. Yeah. We don't have to have a professional Christian in the room for decisions to be made. Exactly. That's a pretty cool thing. It is. Growing up in an evangelical context in which each church is sort of on an island, all of the the church organization, when I sort of jumped the the fence, so to speak, to to being a Presbyterian was all really fascinating to me. Mm. Um, And the fact that it's not the pastors who make the decisions, but the, the church itself, really, mm-hmm. the people of the church. So, related to Seattle, you got a degree from Seattle Pacific University. I know this because, Roger, you have a Wikipedia page. Did you know that? I did not know that. You didn't know that? You didn't no. know that? <laughs> this thing has been discussed in the adults, like, for, I've known about this Wikipedia page for like Wait six a months. Wait a minute, everyone. We've missed an opportunity. If Roger did not know about this Wikipedia page, we could have been editing mm-hmm. it this entire time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So to give you, give you a little information, so a Wikipedia page, you can't just write a Wikipedia page about yourself. Like, I couldn't just go up and write about myself. You've got to be well-known enough that basically somebody else writes it about you. So 
Yeah, you have a Wikipedia page. I don't know. I don't know who wrote it, but it says Roger Nishioka is an American preacher, seminary professor, and Christian educator. He currently serves as director of adult educational ministries at Village Church in Prairie Village, Kansas. Hey, that's it's hey. right here. I had no idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Yes. Does it talk about Roger's affinity for hedgehogs on the communion table? <laughs> No, it does not. I'm fascinated. Short story. First World Communion Sunday that I served here with Roger, I made my way to the communion table, as you do, and I glanced... No, I didn't even do it. Tom, I think, saw it. Tom glanced down, and there is a small stuffed hedgehog sitting on the communion table. And we don't particularly know why, other than Roger put it there. (laughs) And a lot of us got blamed for the hedgehog until we eventually figured out it was Roger. And now there has proceeded to be a hedgehog on the World Communion Sunday table mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. So this is an invitation for everyone listening to start including a hedgehog on your World Communion Sunday tables for no particular reason other than it's fun mm-hmm. and we should do more fun things. Amen. Church. It makes God smile. I'm convinced of it. Yeah. God likes a good joke on World Communion Sunday. God does. This world's a weird place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was going to say, your biggest fan is some guy named J.C. Stanley, or woman, because that's when this thing was, that's who created this thing, oh. back in October of 2015. So, my goodness. It's been, it's been up for four years now. Presbyterian famous. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's October 13th is when it's created, so it's just over four years old. Wow. Having a Wikipedia anniversary. Mm-hmm. Ooh, is that a thing? Should, should a cake. <laughs> I guess. I <laughs> um... Related to this, I wanted to bring this up for two reasons. First of all, because it's amazing. And second of all, it says that your most recent research focuses on young adults, 20 to 30 years old, asking them, why are so few of you sticking with us, especially since we baptized and nurtured many of you? Mm. So, because I can't ask a Wikipedia page to expand upon itself, can, <laughs> can you sort of expand upon that thought and your opinion on us youngins? <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Uh, so, yeah, um, I asked that question in research, and this is what good research questions do, right? You, you research the question because people around you are asking the question. Mm-hmm. So my research interest as a professor in an academic setting was with young people, young adults, and I shared the adult education portfolio with my colleague. I had a full-time colleague, another professor named Kathy Dawson, who's amazing. Her specialization was young children, children's ministry. So to, between the two of us, we covered the age span. As I was talking about young adults more and more in congregations, I realized, first of all, young adults were not very present. Uh, secondly, I would get questions, heart-rendering questions from parents and grandparents asking, I don't know what happened. Why isn't my daughter, why isn't my grandson, my granddaughter in church? We baptized them. I thought that they loved church. They went to youth group. They were confirmed. And what's happened? Well, then that question generated enough thought in my mind that I began to research and read and write articles and then got a grant from the Lilly Foundation to actually engage some young adults across the country, most of whom were Presbyterian, at least at some point in their lives. Um, many had been baptized and confirmed by us, and I kept on asking, well, what, what's going on, and why are you not with us? And one short answer, and this is being borne out in, Hallie, your research and your conversations, uh, there's a, a theorist named Stephen Jones, and he talks about how faith comes both by proximity, he calls it nearness, but also by direct conversation, by directness. And I think we do pretty well with the nearness stuff. I think kids growing up see faithful people doing faithful things, but I don't think we do as well with that direct conversation, not coercive, not mean-spirited, just a conversation and saying, hey, what do you think it means to you to be a follower of Jesus in these days? Um, I encountered a young woman in Seattle, actually, when I was in a focus group, 
who was a Boeing engineer, just got promoted and she was miserable. And I was talking to her and she said, at one point, don't you think somebody should have asked me at my church? Her name is Suzanne. Do you think this is what God is calling you to do with your life? And she said, you know, you folks, church people never asked me that. You just said, oh, congratulations, you got a great degree from the University of Washington. Oh, congratulations, you got into the master's program for aeronautical engineering. Oh, congratulations, you got a promotion. They didn't ask, what do you think God is really asking you to do with your life? And she was more than disappointed with us and more than frustrated. I think that's the kind of stuff that Stephen Jones, Dr. Jones, is talking about in this face shaping. Mm-hmm. I think we can get there. I think we are getting there. Hallie, Matt, Trenton, sort of. You're helping <laughs> us all get there. And I think that's it's, it's being real. It's being honest. It's being authentic. Uh, I think there's a conversation that needs to be had. So we are going to continue talking to um, Roger, less about Wikipedia pages, more about confessions. Uh, so tune into our next podcast and we'll continue the conversation. Remember to subscribe to Millennial Ministry on iTunes and Spotify. We will see you next time.